This is episode 550 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by Eventing Riders Association of North America. This week we have Tammy Smith, we have Rebecca Brown, and Laura Crump Anderson. This is Max Corcoran in quite noisy, but very beautiful Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Joe from uh, beautiful, sunny Ocala, Florida, and you are listening to the Eventing Radio Show. So, Max, how's it going up there? It's good, Joe. It's good. I just, I'm unfortunately at a Starbucks recording this, and, and it's very loud. There's a lot of people with diesel trucks uh, driving by here, and um, but it is what it is. It's beautiful. I just have I've got back. I just spent a week at Poplar Place um, organizing, helping organize the Area 3 Championships and that horse trials, and then just got back from Middleburg uh, after running their horse trial. So um, it's been a busy few weeks, but I'm home now and, and enjoying a little bit of downtime. Yeah, well, sounds like it's pretty noisy up there. Uh, but um, it's um, – well, actually, Max, down here, we've just got back from Bromont, and Bromont was a fabulous – as fabulous event as always. They had um, the under-25 Bromont Rising program. They had a team competition, which we'll hear a little bit more about when we speak to Rebecca. Um, they had um, the all the different level events. The weather was – perfect there was a lot of rain early on and the ground was actually uh, quite soft uh, they did change the change things around a little bit and ran the four star long first thing in the morning uh, but it was good it was a, another fabulous event um so beautiful had, up there the weather's so great the food is great it's just it's got such great atmosphere yeah i mean it's 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 a lot of a lot of fun and they really look after you too as well i mean i got up there and the the DEF sensor on my truck had um, had broken itself or done something, and the truck was running not very well. And this is part of the problem with the DEF. Anybody that's got one of the new trucks will know that it can be a little bit uh, – it hasn't been quite ironed out. Anyway, I got up there, and I rang around the dealers. Max, you'll laugh at this. I rang around the dealers, uh, the Ram dealers, and, and they said – and it was on uh, Monday. They said, uh, yes, we can get you in uh, at 3 o'clock on friday and i'm like okay you've that's, got to be that's a situation <laughs> yeah you've got to be have, you've got to be having a laugh i said well what happens if like i get the truck in and and you need to get parts and you can't get them and i really want to leave on monday and i just got the french accent which was well we'll see and so i was like okay well this isn't good so i ran i rang around another couple of dodge of ram dealers and uh, we can get you in next week and and the following helpful, week. Helpful. So so anyway, so the next the, the the next thing I went and did was go and have a chat to Sue Ockenden, who says, "Oh, Joey, I think we can find someone." And of course, the stable manager grew up with the service department manager of the local Ram dealer. It was in the next morning at eight o'clock and finished by two o'clock that afternoon. Yes. It's not what you know, it's who you know, I think. It's exactly. How that but, goes. Yeah, yeah awesome. but it, I, I think that Sue made a lot of calls for me and things, and it's just the way they roll up there. They don't, like, sort of leave you to hang out to dry. And she was, and she actually called me at 7.30 in the morning and said, um, Joey, where are you? Because uh, it's time to take your truck in. And I actually had a ride, but she wasn't going to, she was going to come to the to the Ram dealer, which was 20 minutes away. That's and amazing. Pick, and pick me up and bring me back. 
Because she yeah. had nothing else to do that morning. She had nothing else to do that morning. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty funny. So, it was great. That was awesome. So, they really do look after you. It was, it was fabulous. Um, and the same thing on the way home. You know, Max, when you, when you say, I'm going to drive straight through from Bromont, yeah, to Florida, because all the Canadians do it, you think it's a great idea at the time. Well, I didn't think it was a great idea. At the Not time. a good idea at the time. I was thinking, <laughs> as we were cruising along and making good tracks, I was thinking, oh, this is good. This is a good idea. Until, of course, the death sensor went again on the truck and I had another blowout. And so that was not a great idea. But we got fixed and we got home and, and everything. But it was a, a bit of a, a long old trip. But, um, but as ever, it was just so, well, so worth it, even though I, Joe rode like a complete twat. Um, but everyone else had a great time. It was good. Aww. Um, but anyway, everyone's so, fine. So onward and upward. Yeah, exactly. On yeah. to the next. On to yeah. the next. And that's all you can do. You know, like um, when things don't go your way or, or whatever, you just got to put your hand up and say, "I didn't do very well," and we're going to carry on. You know, so that's kind of what happens. But um, we got home, Max, and it has rained. It has rained and rained and rained and rained down here like you wouldn't believe. And today, even though it's overcast, it stopped raining. It's a little bit sunny now and things, but um, it's uh, it's slightly cooler than, than when I left, which is a bit of a change. So, well, yeah, it's, uh, so it's awesome. chilly. It was 46 degrees here last night. It's going to be 46 degrees here again tonight. And typically this time it's when it's starting to get really stinky hot here. And it was cold in Middleburg, which is odd, but it's uh, it's what it is. And um, again, it was nights in the fifties when usually and days, you know, I was didn't pack enough blue jeans. Oddly enough, I thought I was going to be hot and packed a bunch of shorts and ended up wearing the same jumper about five days in a row, <laughs> which I will That's not fun. complain about because then actually the weather was beautiful and and the ground yeah. was beautiful and we're still already getting ready for Great Meadow International, which. I'll put in a shameless plug is the end of August, the weekend of Richland. We've taken over that date and we've got a two, three and four star. So a lot of people don't know that we moved dates, which is bizarre, but um, it's a great, uh, great to have. Well, event. they've taken, they've taken the Richland date. Yes. Haven't they? Yep. yep. Yeah. So finally, finally, Richland. So what, what a convenient date that was, wasn't it, Max? Yeah. Yep. Strange. Exactly. Yeah. And last year we would have moved it last year, but, but with the calendar process, we couldn't. So um, we've moved it to this, this year is the first year and we'll have uh, three levels and the ground, the ground was great. God, the footing was really good. So, um, you know, we didn't have that much rain, but it was, it was still good enough. Um, so it was good. Yep. So on to the next. Well, it's interesting, actually, because um, I've just been reminded that uh, Great Meadows is the same weekend as, as, as Bromont runs theirs. No, no. Uh, actually, Bromont this year is running the week before. The week before. Yes. Okay. So it goes Bromont and then uh, and then Great Meadow and then the American Eventing Championships. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So there's lots so, of options, but yeah. There's lot, there is a lot of options. Well, that's going to, yeah. And then I think Fauché is right in there too, I reckon. I think they're all sort of right on top. And, and Burley, right on top of each other. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, when it rains, Very of course. Good. I guess Don't. we should be so lucky that there's so many events in the, on the East Coast. Well, there are. Yeah. Yep. And, they're, and they're big events too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And good ones. So, yeah. Yeah. And really, really good ones. So, well, Max, we, um, we've got some, we've uh, got a great show coming up. We've got yep. um, three really cool guests. And as we try to do um, on each of our shows is get someone a little bit different. And so we're going to, we're going to be speaking to Laura 
Crump Anderson, who's going to talk to us a bit about uh, fitness training and um, yoga and what she does and strength training and that sort of stuff. Uh, we've also got Rebecca Brown, who we haven't spoken to since we interviewed her uh, before she did the Maccabi Games. And we've got Tammy Smith, who is being a bit of a gypsy at the moment and um, working her, her way around England and Germany. And we catch up with her to talk about uh, Bramman that she's best been to. And uh, she's helping Frankie Theriot Stutes over in Le Moulin at the moment. And then is trying to figure out what she's doing for the rest of the time and sort of the it's left a little bit up to the selectors um so um anyway max we probably um should listen to our sponsor when it comes to feeding your horse are you sure you're giving them every possible advantage with pro elite horse feed you can it's the only horse feed to offer unparalleled amino acid profiles for enhanced performance, regulated starch and sugar levels, the best digestive package available, and nutrition-locked formulas that are crucial to overall health. Combined, these advantages create a winning formula for your winning horse. To learn more about feeding your champion, visit www.proelitehorsefeed.com. And joining us now all the way from Germany is our friend, Tammy Smith. Tammy, welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So, Tammy, you've been on a bit of a whirlwind, haven't you? I mean, you you were over at badminton, had some pretty crap luck there, and then uh, rerouted to Bramham, and you were there last weekend with your buddy Wembley um, and had a super weekend, and now you are at Le Moulin helping your friend Frankie Theriot-Stutz. Um, who kicked some butt today. So, But talk us through a little bit your, your trip and, and everything else before we get to what's happening this weekend. Yeah, it has been a bit chaotic. Um, and the juggling of it all is, uh, I think I'm an ulcer in my stomach right now. <laughs> but I'm only because I'm a complete control freak and um, don't always trust all the excellent people that I have on my team, but it, it's actually ran quite smoothly and um, it's been, it's been really great. Um, Branham was amazing. Uh, Wembley, I couldn't have asked him to be better. He was really good in all three phases. Um, and the Branham beautiful and the design was amazing. And um, it was really good experience to go to that um, venue. So I was super excited. And that's awesome. Just even like, you know, you got to make lemons, lemonade out of lemons. Um, being rerouted there actually got you to a di totally different venue and a totally different cross country course and allowed you to, to experience that. Yeah, I think it's important to get to as many foreign courses as you can, no matter if you're, you know, on your home turf or not, because it gives you experience of, you know, riding stuff you're not used to and not practiced. So it was, you know, very good to be able to do that. And it was, it was difficult because he hadn't ran since uh, Galway Downs in April, uh, which was the beginning of April. And so he was very much raring to go, but um, I, I was smiling, literally. I jumped a really difficult combination that wasn't riding great and just be ear to ear because he's, he's just such a fun horse. That's awesome. And so what, what is next for Wembley? Next? Um, well, I don't know. They're naming the Aachen team uh, and I think the Pan American team soon. 
uh, next week sometime. So I've, you know, kind of applied on everything that I can possibly, uh, that's eligible. <laughs> so we'll know more <laughs> about what my summer plans are going to be after next week, I think. Yeah. And, and go ahead, Joe. I was just going to say, so if you went, if you went to Arkin, would you, um, would you consider leaving Wembley over there and doing like a, a full four star? Well, that's the plan. Um, regardless if he's doing often or not, he's staying because we're going to do Burley in September. So we, we were planning on obviously badminton. And when that didn't go to plan, um, my first thought was Lemulin and Kevin and Gretchen who own Wembley and are amazing. And Kevin's competed Wembley up through the advanced, um, and short format three star, you know, he's this just go getter event rider and, you know, balls to the wall, just full, full in gung ho. And he's like, we're not going to badminton. We're going to Burley. And, um, I went, oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. and so, and so he's like, nah, we're not doing Lemulin. And that's, that's what if we're going to stay where that's what we're going to do. And so, um, it just made sense to just keep him over here. Cause the travel is quite yeah, expensive, yeah. No, and, it's it's, expensive it's, and it's, it's 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 a lot for a horse and it's really expensive and they're probably going to get a better run up in the miles that you need to do burly there anyway aren't you really i mean realistically yeah i thought um, except except really for getting yourself chance of doing well at burly is staying here so it's yeah. it's been i think it's been kind of I, I might not have put him on a plane to come to burley but if he's going to be successful there the way that's better yeah. so and that's how you find how are you finding it yourself? I mean, like with it, horses and at two sides of the Atlantic is always difficult, but I mean, like throw on the added extra of like horses on the West coast and then horses in England. I mean, how, how are you managing the trip and, and, and your marriage and stuff like that? How's that going? It's my wedding anniversary today. So that's real great. We're in Aww, happy anniversary. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I know, but Dave, Dave has a new boat and he couldn't be happier. So, um, it's probably a little bit like me getting to ride at Bramham last weekend. Um, you know, he's, I think we have a really supportive relationship either way. And so, um, yeah, it's hard. I miss him. Thank God for FaceTime because we get to see each other, but I miss my son and, you know, the, my daughter and the, the business at home. It's, it is, it is quite, it takes its toll for sure. Um, and I, um, do get at times feel like rolling up in a ball and crying <laughs> because I'm homesick, but, um, you know, you, I mean, how could I do that when I, when I get to, you know, go gallop around Bramham, but it is, you know, it, it's easy to sit there. I was, actually talking to Frankie about it. I go, it's really easy to sit back and say, gosh, they're so lucky and they get to do this and that. And, but it, it's, it's definitely a, a management process, both physically, mentally, and, you know, from a business standpoint, it, it's, it's hard financially, you know, I'm, who do you mean they, when you say it's, they get to do this, who are they? Why, you know, I remember being, you know, somebody who looked up to 
riders who were being able to travel, you know, all over the United States and, and fly over to Europe and compete and thinking, thinking that those riders, which I happen to be one now, I used to think how lucky that, that they would be to be able to do that, which we are, but it's not without a tremendous amount of sacrifice from, you know, our families and our team at home and our other owners who aren't a part of Wembley. And, you know, it takes such a huge support system that, you know, it's easy on the surface to say how glamorous it is, but the glamorous life isn't so glamorous when you're, when you're deep in it, you know? When you're jet lagged and trying having to get home and then teach the next morning because you haven't seen those people in three weeks and you've got your horses that potentially could be going to the Pan Ams or at home and what's happening with them and uh, it's it's tough it's it's lucky but it, it's not as it's not as fa- fabulous as everybody you know well, there are two sides to it yeah no exa- exactly Max and also you know you you've got pressures from other horse owners and things and horses in different places and you know that sort of stuff it's a, it becomes a juggling act and then you can throw in a bit of English weather and a few vet spills and stuff to boot and that's like <laughs> kicks you in the ass you know so um, for sure it's it's not as easy as you think, is it? You know? Um, no, it's not. It's just the jet lag itself. Like we're eight, we, the West coast, we're eight hours and that's nearly a half a day, you know, in the, in Germany, it's nine hours. So it, you know, wake up in the morning and you're, you're supposed to be going to sleep, you know? So it's, it, it's, it's hard work. It's, um, and it's hard work from everybody because everybody is really sacrificing, you know, the people at home, you know, they're constantly, I'm like, you know, jog up this horse and what does it look like and video it and let me see, you know, it's, you know, because I've just got so much anxiety. You have so much on the line, you know, and you have your, your whole life in other people's hands. And that is a very difficult thing for a, a control freak rider. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just, it's just especially hard, especially hard with the time difference. I just, did it in my head it's like five o'clock in the afternoon where you are and it's one eight o'clock in the morning there you know and that's the that's the start right. of your other, other your, that's the start of your other business's day right is at the end of your own day really yeah. you know so yeah you kind of like For going sure. flat out the whole time Absolutely. so uh, so you do you head home after this weekend do you actually get to go home and and see the other horses and clients and riders and owners and everybody else. Yeah, I'm really excited to be home because I, I came out a week before Brahma or probably a week and a half before Brahma just to get kind of back in and gelled back in with Wembley and then go into Brahma and, um, and then come, you know, help Frankie, but she's, you know, not only have I helped her riding, but she's my best friend and I'm just, super stoked for her and she had a great day today and um i think those judges didn't really know what to do with themselves on the <laughs> end of the ring and they weren't they weren't they being very she generous was. initially yeah. they weren't being generous or they weren't even giving her they were just being a bit stingy i could say but um soon soon i think the judge at e was like no this is the real deal and then the other judges started giving her some marks, but I think she's in a good position being in third and, um, going into tomorrow. Um, the course is, you know, very technical and there's probably five combinations that you have to really be on your game. And, 
Um, I don't think she could be on a better horse to suit this course. So I, I, I'm really excited for her. Yeah, and this wasn't her first choice either. This was this was, she was uh, slated to go to Kentucky, and the horse had a a minor blip of something that that kept her from going there, and then she decided to reroute to Lemoulin. So it's been uh, it it hasn't been an easy trek for her either, has it? No, it's been actually. I mean, because going into Kentucky, it it was just a bit rough. Just kind of the wheels were a little bit falling off and, you know, we're eventers. So we just keep our head down and keep, you know, our eye on the prize, but it was, the prize was slowly fading and we didn't even know what, you know, we, we thought he was injured. We weren't sure he was injured. Then he wasn't injured. And then we're like, Oh crap, what do we do now? <laughs> like it was, you know, just such a roller coaster emotionally, like you're, you're heartbroken and then you're kind of, you know, you've accepted, that maybe he might be injured and then he's absolutely not injured <laughs> and you're like whoa wait no, oh my gosh so, yeah um, exactly it was it was such a weird you know not but it but it you know you, the universe kind of took control and um Frankie's was so good at going with the flow a little bit when that when that happens and going into plan b um and you know, it, 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 it hasn't felt better. Like the, the lead up to Lemuelin, it's gone absolutely fantastic. So just Kentucky wasn't supposed to be in the card. So, um, I'm really excited for the, it's, um, you know, she's kind of doing it. It's kind of, you know, this all in one, you know, she's made her first trip over, over the pond and now she's, you know, got the dressage out of the way and in really good company and very competitive. And she's on a horse that absolutely can finish on his dressage score. So she's just going to take one step at a time and stay focused. And I think she's, I, I mean, the second I saw her, I knew she was in a good place. And that was, you know, Kelly Prather, who's her other best friend is here as well. So that's really exciting. Her and I have been pretending to be groom which i don't think we're pretending because he looked amazing today (laughs) so that was fun the quarter markers we didn't know what we were doing on tuesday but today they were completely on point i think that we could maybe start giving lessons very good very good excellent yep and we were on time with putting the fly spray on right before she went in. So she, there wasn't any last minute panic and we remembered to pull the boots off and the toe wrap. And I even polished her boots today. It was, it, it was, was a day awesome. team effort, so, team effort. That is awesome. And so the competition sure. itself, there's a, there's a short format going on there as well. Um, and there's a lot of, um, a lot of other things. There's uh, auctions and this and that. There's lots happening over there, isn't there, at Lemoulin? There is. It's such a great venue and, and just a really amazing, you know, I haven't been here before, so I was excited to come anyway. And um, having, it's actually the European, it's the German championships um, is on the short format. So you have, you know, Mickey Young and Ingrid Klimka and Julia and all these, you know, unbelievable riders so in the in term of you know dumping waters and cleaning stalls Kelly and I've been stalking the best riders I'm pretty sure Ingrid thinks I 
am some sort of like paparazzi psychopath because I'm literally at the ring, at the warm up ring anytime she's on a horse. Um, but like watching Sandra Offarth, it's just so incredible to watch these riders in person. It's it's we've probably gotten 25 lessons already, so it's been a valuable valuable trip just watching. So it's been and really it, fun. And I always find it really cool to auction yesterday. See what they do in the warm up. See how each person is different in the warm up. I find that really interesting. Yeah, you know, for people sure. have told have their own plans and do their thing, and yeah, it's really cool. And and the difference on what they're doing because you know I ride a lot of different horses. Not you know some people some riders pick horses that go kind of the same, and I for whatever random reason, I like to make my life really hard. So I pick horses that are completely opposite of each other. So it's good to see what Ingrid does on her two different horses. Cause they're very opposite of each other. And, uh, you know, all of them, like it's, it's, you know, what, what she, you know, she's got this little two mares here, which is really cool too. Cause I have a lot of mares and it's just really neat to, see what she did two days ago versus what she did today in the final warm-up, which I, I've been watching her a lot. So it, it was very, and what a seat. I mean, these Germans, they're, they're bred to do it. That's for sure. Yeah. They're actually doing it. And what did, did you notice anything? You said that there was an auction for the foals and stuff. Did you notice anything um, remarkable there? There was one. I was just thinking today, gosh, I wonder, I wonder what one that was. It's, I've actually posted on my Instagram the full and it is so beautiful. Kelly and I were Julie on the side of the fence line, but we can't of course can, you know, understand anything they're saying because they're speaking in German. So we wouldn't even know what the name of the mayor was or, uh, we probably should have had to get a program or some sort, but we were just randomly ran into the fact that they were doing this auction. So, um, had fun watching them try to load the mares afterwards. That was hilarious. <laughs> it was, it was pretty yeah. funny. I'm just sitting back enjoying the sights for sure. That's awesome. So you find out, you guys will find out next week about the Pan American Games and Auckland and all that stuff. That's not till then. Yeah, I've been trying. I've been building <laughs> and building and Eric this weekend, but there's lips are sealed yeah yeah they're not they're not given any hints no (laughs) they wouldn't i don't think they're allowed to yeah it's frustrating though because you want to you want to start making plans either way you want to make plans right yeah for sure i'm like am i going to rebecca or am i going to Aachen, or am i going to the pants what what i mean how great right like yeah exactly one of those hopefully yeah no, it's the standard response is, I am not at liberty to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awesome. That is funny. That is when great. do you get home to ride your horses? I'm like, does that mean I'm going to get salted? <laughs> exactly. Is, there, is, that a, is that a hint? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Should I get home to ride my horses? <laughs> yeah. It's always the most yeah, nerve-wracking right. thing. I mean, I'm glad that they do it ahead of time because okay. years ago when I was part of the team stuff, they um, they would announce a dirt. We would have training camp and they wouldn't announce the team until until like in training camp. Well, so we were all there and they dropped this bomb and uh. some people were happy and some people were sad. And you wanted to be really excited, but you didn't want to be that jerk that was sort of skipping around when other people were, you know, right. 
in a flood of tears and you're and it, it just it was really hard and then you couldn't sort of prepare your horse the way you know you needed to prepare your horse for that top time and you just sort of were you were there and so it was it was always such an emotional time it was rough instead of being able to sort of it get is, into it know, yeah the whole preparation you know like you know i leading into the the season i'm like i really do i need to go to the east coast like that's where everybody's competing and i need to you know my result my final results need to be against you know everybody who's trying to make the team and you know, the owners and myself with the help of Eric, you know, said, no, you stay, stay at your home base and, you know, be competitive at home. And, you know, you've come East before and you've been competitive. So, but there's still that, is that going to be enough? Like, are they going to say you didn't come East? So, you know, you just have this whole. Yeah. You're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. In your head. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but you know what, I, I'm very, you know, I've, I've put in a ton of hard work. I have really great horses and regardless of what happens, I am going to get to do something cool this summer, whether it's Rebecca farm or maybe go over to mill street or, you know, maybe Auckland, maybe Pan Am, maybe everything <laughs> in an ideal world. But, um, you just, until then, uh, my whole steadily be burning in my stomach (laughs) exactly exactly well Tammy we're gonna let you go and get some sleep and hoping we are fingers crossed that the weather you were just telling us before we went started recording that there's terrible storms for tonight and we're hoping that that maybe um holds off a little bit or doesn't affect the ground so much um and uh we're wishing all the the very best yeah, the ground's very sandy, but we already know Chat likes likes the mud, so I'm kind of hoping was that the ground does get pretty uh, good at Fairhill. Frankie, Frankie has a even more. You know, you you kind of go the more odds against everybody else, the better. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, or great to ride like Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Well, on a good day. So, um, the it is, the faster you go. Yeah, that's right. Just keep on going. Well, let's make sure to say good luck to yeah. Frankie for us, please. And, um, hope you we have will. a really good, have a really good day tomorrow and good luck for the rest and looking forward to catching up with you at some stage. I don't know when it's going to be though. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Joining us now is, um, one of my really good friends, Rebecca Brown. Rebecca, how's it going? Doing pretty good. Back in Texas. You are. Okay. Well, just so our listeners know, um, Rebecca and I both just competed at um, at Bromont last weekend, and Rebecca had a much better show than I did, but I'm not going to go into what happened to me. But uh, Rebecca went up there with um, two of her fantastic horses, um, Harbin and Dasset Choice, and um, you. Um, it's been quite the journey, hasn't it, Rebecca? I mean, like, Talk us through. Talk us through a little bit before we even start about talking about Bromont. Why don't you tell the listeners about the hoops that you had to jump through just to um, get to the event? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the things you learn as you're uh, going along with these things. So, turns out that horses from Texas actually have to be out of the state for 21 days prior to attempting to cross the Canadian border 
which of course I learned on sort of like the 29th day before I'm supposed to cross. So the amount of paperwork it took, the horses had to leave Texas. They went to my friend, Sydney Elliott in Louisiana for a couple of days. So I could stay and teach a bit. And then I picked them up on the way to chat. And it's long story short, like every stop I had, Every stop I was at, I had to document. I had to have a health certificate sort of from each state. I had to have a pyroplasmosis test to get into Pennsylvania, where I was going before Bromont. So I had to get a pyroplasmosis test to get into Pennsylvania. And then I had to have a pyroplasmosis test to get into Canada within 15 days. But, of course, a pyro test takes something like nine days really random number to get back and then you have to as many of you guys know who have gone to canada before it takes several days to get your international health certificate done so that that would be the summary of the trip but um it was sort of like non-stop i don't even know the vet bill i racked up i probably won't count it (laughs) yeah well i'm sure with all those tests and all of that sort of stuff it racked up pretty quick but like i mean just for us here in florida like it's very busy getting our paperwork to go into canada but the paperwork's got to be within one month and all of this sort of stuff so it's just yeah it cuts it pretty fine doesn't it yeah i mean the pages there's two pages to the document of all the things that you have to do to get texas it's texas and new mexico specifically two pages of things that you have to do to get them into the state. So, or into well, Canada, I mean. Yeah, yeah. So we get up to Canada and everything's going pretty good. And Rebecca and I, we actually ended up, we ended up meeting up on the road and traveling in convoy. And then she was laughing at me because the DEF sensor on my truck went. So I, we were going pretty slowly. I think we sort of freewheeled into, into Bromont in the end. Um, but you were part of the, the team thing. Um, so just talk yeah. us a bit through that and tell us, tell us what happened. I mean, like there was the under 25 and then there was this team thing up at Bromont and um, I know you're the alternate, but tell us all about that and what you did throughout the week. Yeah. So I was the reserve rider for the futures team challenge. Um, I was specifically on Eric Duvander's team and um, it is, is for riders who have not represented the United States yet. I think on like the bigger stage, there were a couple of riders who had done like nation's cups, but nothing like Olympic or WEG. Um, so the nice thing is I have to say is being the reserve rider, you still get all of the benefits. You know, it's not like you get up there and then you don't get to be involved with it at all. You're still completely involved. So it's a really great learning opportunity, but we got there on Sunday. We had two days of team training um, on Monday and Tuesday before the event started. And that was basically the format of that was a lecture in the morning. Um, and then after that, a jog, you jog your horses make sure that they're sound for the day on Monday. Most of us did dressage lessons. You could choose. And then on Tuesday we did jump lessons. And then there was a team dinner in the evening on Monday. And on Tuesday, we actually did another team dinner and we combined with the Bromont under uh, Bromont rising uh, program. 
And then we also had support from our coach during the whole week for the team, like team coach, uh, team course walks. You know, he was there for the jogs. He was there for our warm up, so on and so forth. And the thought process, my understanding of the thought process is that um, whoever is in charge decided that we get to these bigger team competitions and we're just not that experienced, whether we didn't do young riders or they feel like maybe young riders without is, is maybe not the same experience that it used to be. And so they're trying to use these, this futures team challenge to give us more experience before we actually potentially, hopefully make a team if that's what we want to do. Um, and it was really, it was really great. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Leslie law was the other coach and, and certainly between him and Eric, they had a, a lot of great advice and, um, you know, I think for some people, maybe they realize that riding for a team is not for them. And then I think for some of us, it, it kind of lights your fire a little bit and, and, and maybe directs you in the direction that you want to go ultimately. But, um, it was a fabulous experience. I would highly recommend for anybody who's interested in it. So you rode Harbin in the, uh, Two star long. Two star. Yep. And junior, um, Desert Choice, we call him Junior for short because for us of them that, that know him, um, in the three star long. Um, and tell us how they went. Oh, they were fabulous, um, which is so great because that's such a long drive. <laughs> I was so relieved that the week went well with horses. Anything can happen. Um, Harbin, as you know, since you're my friend, is a relatively new ride. And I sort of, God bless him, decided a little bit last minute in the season that he was being kind of a superstar. And since I was already going to be up there, that I'd give it a shot for him to get qualified and go. And uh, he certainly yeah, exceeded tough all qualifying too. Tough qualifying too, by the way. Um Because, yeah. like, you had to sort of go – you had to go a little bit around the houses to get qualified, which I think – you know, I, I don't know why they do it. I mean, in New Zealand, they sort of just wink and nod at you and say, where you go. Um, and that is because we don't have all a low, all these events to go to and, and it's more on a selected basis. But, yeah, I mean, even getting them qualified was tough, wasn't it? Yeah, because, you know, just to add on to the list of all these things we that I had to – all the hoops I had to jump through we had – We've had like crazy rain in Texas and our last event got canceled. So it's just sort of like I ended up rerouting the Virginia horse trials. So just add that as one more stop on this long road trip. So yeah, just getting qualified is tough. Yeah. 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 So, um, so it was a pretty good weekend though, wasn't it? I mean, like Harbin went fantastic, didn't he? Harbin was a total stud. I mean, he thought that that FEI was made for him, which is, which it is because he's a thoroughbred, but, um, yeah, he finished second on, I was a granny on cross country and added like one time, 1.2 time salts, which I won't do again, but, uh, you know, he finished second, which was obviously exceeded all expectations. And then junior also just added a little bit of time on cross country and, and he finished sixth, So it was fabulous. And I'll go faster in the fall because I know people like you are going to give me grief. <laughs> yeah, but I will. Um, would it have changed the result? Would, hey, would that would that time penalty have changed the result, though, Rebecca? Yeah, not for Harbin, but I think Junior would have finished third or maybe right. higher. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. So, yes. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was. Um, well, I don't know, Max. I'm not sure if you know the result. Well, you you do know the result because Bobby Meyerhoff ended up winning that um, two star long, and Rebecca was second, and we we're all staying in the same house, so it was actually quite a good night for us. I bet it um, was. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, it, it was good, and they they won it on their show jumping too. I mean, like Bobby rode a super super clear round, and Rebecca rode amazing clear round, and um, people lost their places. Um, by the you know, show yeah. by the show jumping Boyd yeah. Boyd Boyd um, changed his mind two or three times in front of the last double and and unfortunately the Canadian girl and I just can't quite remember her name had a fantastic pinto horse that was just amazing um, was just a little bit unlucky and um, and because she was in the lead and um, it was um, it was just you know it was tough but unfortunately that's what happens and you got to show jump clear now don't you. Yeah, the really show jumping do. has just gotten some, and it's getting more technical. Mark Donovan, I know, does the course up there, and um, it's a, it's a, you know, you got to be up on your time because they they wheel it to to make you know to make it so you guys have to do the inside turns and have to ride well and and do all that. So yeah, it's it's definitely, um, and I think it's just going to become more and more critical, obviously, with because they can't make a lot the cross country much harder, so they're going to have to make something harder, aren't they? Yeah. Probably well, I I love show jumping for the win. That's probably not how most people feel, but no, but most people get in there and they're like, ah, <laughs> you know, they just have it's this whole people get so nervous and wound up about the show jumping, um, and it's funny because here most eventers are, you know, they they're so brave and they can run at these solid obstacles and they just get going on it. And then they get in the show jump and they're like, Oh my God, what do I do? It's like, what do you do? What did you do yesterday? You know, it's so funny. It really is. I think yeah. it's just because like you can rack up your score so fast, you know, or at least that's my interpretation of it is like, you can just add so many penalties, but um, I just, I just love show jumping on the last day. Okay. Well, good for you. <laughs> I think, but um, but but also, I mean, well, to to be fair, I'd love show jumping on the last day if I was sitting on your horses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true, right? Yeah. <laughs> that makes I mean, they they're both pretty nice horses, and um, they both they wouldn't look out of place in the jumper ring themselves, uh, to start with. So yeah, no, they're both yeah, um, they're both fantastic. Probably- me being a bit spoiled in that way certainly helps. Yeah. So, so Rebecca, what's what's what is next? I mean, you drove. Did you you made it back to Texas? Okay. I made it back to Texas better than you made it back to Florida. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, um, I'm, I'm I'm hoping not to look at my truck and trailer for at least a couple of weeks. Well, and perhaps then... you need to go and spend a bit of time with your new husband. Yeah, that too. That too. No, I think I'll start with the AECs, and then I'm sure I'll end up at Fairhill on the death at Choice Horse. And I haven't decided what to do with Harbin quite yet, because certainly he found that to be too easy, but I want to be really thorough with him as well. So Harbin needs to come sure to the, the long three-star at the Jockey Club. I know. He thought that the two star at Bromont was just like a total piece of cake, and he needed a few more minutes on that. Yeah, yeah, well. no, but he'll be ready. He'll be ready for that then. So. Yeah, except for I don't have New, Ze- New Zealand qualifications. 
So you uh, can you help don't? figure that out. I and don't it's know. hard being in Texas is hard because you guys are losing FEI competitions quickly, aren't you? Yeah, Texas is we have to travel a bunch to to be honest. I mean, Texas is a great place, um, but once you get to that level where you want to, you know, do two star, three star and above, like you're um, you're traveling all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, it does it it does get hard, and you've got to do all of that qualifying and stuff. And if you're not a um, categorized rider, then it becomes even more difficult. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's not the easiest, is it? It's it's such a struggle because you know you only want to drag your horse around the country in the trailer so much. So you know you just you got to be pretty strategic. That's for sure. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, like, you know, looking at our own plans um, for the fall, we wanted to go to the AECs, but we're probably going to have to go to Chat Hills because it's got FEI classes. So, yeah. um, you know, just yeah. under, just, just, just for our circumstances. So that, you know, you've got to make your choices and you're right. You end up traveling and traveling and traveling. Um, so, but, um, well, hopefully we're going to see you. Um, hopefully we'll see you at the Jockey Club. Yeah, you never know. If, if Harvard doesn't That's end up there, event. I have a feeling I'll end up there with students. It's so great. They do such a good job. It's worth the drive. And well, then. yeah. It is, worth, it is worth the drive because for more than – I'm not going to go on about it too much, the Jockey Club, but the weather is – so fantastic usually it just takes so much of the pressure off it's if you've got students there it's not like you have to fight the weather and and be out there in the cold and the freezing and the rain and the courses are beautiful and the footing's fantastic whether it's got whether it's rained or whether it hasn't rained you know so um no it's just it's fantastic uh, one of and our favorite yeah um thanks Rebecca, thanks for having me Oh, you're so welcome, and um, thanks for coming on. I, don't, I can't remember. I think the last time we had you on was after you'd been to the Maccabi Games, and so then that's a little while ago. But, um, no, thanks. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you again soon. The Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now is Laura Crump Anderson. She is the owner of Inform Fitness. Laura, welcome to the show. Hi, I am a shareholder at Inform Fitness. I am not actually the owner. I oh, joined okay. the team here back in 2015. Yeah. Excellent. So tell our listeners a Inform- little bit about what Inform Fitness is and what you guys do and, and what your specialty is. Yeah. So Inform Fitness started around 1997. I was six at the time, but I was riding ponies with my mom and doing a lot of trail riding. And I grew up through Pony Club. I have always been a big fan of eventing. 
Um, but what actually ended up happening is when I was a working student, I ended up getting really injured and screwed up my back pretty bad. Like if you were to look at x-rays of my back, you would see the x-rays of a 90 year old. And when I was about 16, I got into physical therapy and that led me to realize how important exercise was for me to stay in the tech and stay sound. Yeah. Um, so you have a mobile unit where you go and you travel to people's farms and help, uh, because a lot of times riders keep saying like they don't have time to go somewhere. So you go to them. Yes. So one of the big things that makes informed fitness really different is the fact that it's only 20 minutes once or twice a week. So we have a protocol of high intensity, slow motion strength training, which means that we are going to push you very, very, very safely to a point where your muscles tell you, oh my gosh, I cannot do this exercise anymore. It's at that point where you light the fire for change in your muscles. And then we put an emphasis on rest and recovery to build more muscle. But it was actually developed in, sorry. No, 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 it's fine. It it sounds fascinating. But so is it like intense exercise followed by like sort of, stretching and yoga and how does it kind of work okay so we it what it's all strength training it is really you move these weights at an incredibly slow pace you're talking 10 seconds up in the positive direction and then in that same controlled pace you lower that weight back down and you continue that without straightening at the joint or resting or setting that weight down so you just keep pushing and building in the intensity of the rest okay and that doesn't build bulk. It doesn't build mass, muscle mass. It builds strength because I, I'm a hockey player. And, and when I used to have to lift weights, I got a little bit larger than I should because it was easy for me. And I went back to doing some weights and it just made me bulkier, not necessarily. And I was stronger, but I was, I got really thicker. So I have had one client complain to me that they have become too bulky through this type of strength training. I'm not going to say that you will not bulk up because how you tend to put muscle on your body is a predetermined genetic thing. But I will say that most women, 99% of women who come in and push themselves to this point of fatigue are not going to end up leaving here looking like, uh, you know, really Arnold Schwarzenegger putting muscle. Yeah, no, we're, we are building muscle because it's the, fountain of youth we want to have as much muscle on our body but i am yet to be like oh you're bulking up too much you can't get on a horse like it is we're going we're going we're going and it is 20 minutes once or twice a week i would say most of my riders come in for 20 minutes once a week because i would much rather them have an additional 20 minutes in the week to rest and recover sit on the couch you know eat something healthy just chill and relax because everyone thinks more is more. So they keep chasing doing more. And a lot of the times our bodies are screaming at us, you know, try and get those eight hours of sleep that everyone hypothetically is supposed to be getting. It really is important and it does make a difference. Um, What is the number one problem that you see with riders? The biggest issue I tend to see in riders is how strong we tend to be through our inner thighs. And then actually our glute medius and our glute glute minimus are very, very weak. So it leads to an improportional seat. Like you can hang on for a very, very long time. Which muscles are they? 
Which are the weak ones? So the, the, the glute medius and the glute minimus. Your butt the, muscles. They're the, you're, you're, you're uh, pain in the your butt. Bottom. Yeah. <laughs> right. If you're, if you're ever, like, feeling like you're going to get a charley horse in your glutes or your butt, that is the muscle group that you probably need to be strengthening and targeting a lot. Same thing with the upper back. We tend to be very strong through our upper back, our traps, and our rhomboids, but we tend to be very weak across our chest. So with, you know, half halts, water buckets, wheelbarrows, hay bales, everything that you're doing on a daily basis, you're building your back muscles, but there's very few pushing exercises that work your chest. And just like a horse, you need a balanced top line. So the biggest difference usually comes from strengthening through the chest and through the hips and core. I mean, I, there's very few riders that I look at and I'm like, that rider has too strong of a core. They're out there. Said, said nobody ever. Yeah. yeah, said no one ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you, there are like, sometimes when you feel like you're locking down and you can't, there, there is, you can become too muscle bound in your core, but it is very, 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 very rare exception. And this doesn't mean to say that you've got to be walking around with a six pack, does it? No. Right. <laughs> I don't have a six pack. You, I mean, some tell, days when I you tell me what rider has a six pack. I have a six pack of beer in my fridge. There you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because riders, I mean, the thing is too, is like, if you think about it, riders are not, I mean, they're not the best athletes though, are they? I mean, they, you know, we're, we're pretty lucky. We ride our horses and we're fit enough to do that. And we go on and, and we actually don't really take very good care of ourselves, do we? Yes, I would say we are absolutely athletes, but I would say that we're athletes that forget to take care of ourselves because we're so focused on the the horse and what we try to do everything that's perfect and right for the horse. And we tend to just keep running towards a goal with our bodies, which are an important part of the equation, just kind of flapping behind us in the wind. And self-care, as much as it sounds like, you know, something that's really luxurious, taking care of yourself is not it's necessary you have to take care of yourself in order to function especially for people who want to ride long term and you know getting into your 50s and 60s a lot of people are still out there being active and riding some of my favorite people to take lessons with are still riding in their 50s and 60s and they're really really talented riders but they're realizing how much more they have to take care of their body now and if we started at a young age, we'll get less injuries and people falling off. So at, when, you know. when you look at, say you take a group of riders and do you find that there you've got more problems with certain age groups going like, say, if you, if you went from, say, 15, 16 to, to 56, is it, is it very, does the, do, do the problems vary through the age groups or is it kind of spread across the board? I would say it's pretty spread across the board. Um, the one thing that the young kids have going for them is that they still bounce and they've got a lot more, uh, they, they're less likely to get injured. So, you know, things like orange theory and exercises that are really, really intense, like CrossFit, the chances of them getting injured is much less. When you get someone who doesn't have a lot of gym experience going to a CrossFit gym, the chance of them getting injured is very high. And it's one of those things that 
we don't want riders getting injured doing an exercise program. We want them to be strong so that they can do the incredibly dangerous sport that they're already doing. The last thing that should injure someone is their exercise program. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, it does. And and with this, I mean, like say if you are already doing some sort of like high cardio regimen or something, I mean, is this something that you could like, add on to supplement it or is is this kind of like more for more like this is all you really need no absolutely that's a great question so the biggest thing i tell my riders is the best way to get fit for riding is by riding do your trot sets do your canter sets do the conditioning work that you need on the horse um and then add the strength training piece if someone is also a runner and a rider all the power to them. I'm not going to tell them to stop running because it's that mental relief that they're looking for from the running. But at the same time, it's like someone telling me to stop riding. I'd probably ignore them and never listen to them again. It's running doesn't fuel me, but be aware every time you go out and you hit the pavement, the wear and tear you're putting on your knees and on your hips and on your low back, which is also really, really a lot of wear and tear that you get similarly to riding, especially those knees. Like if someone is having knee issues, the last thing they should be doing is running. They, if they really want to be doing some sort of traditional cardio, it's swimming or cycling, save those knees, save that integrity of the joint for riding. I was just going to ask that question. I was going to ask, what was your, what would you suggest for for if somebody needs a cardio thing? Um, And then what about things like, um, you know, Pilates and yoga and and that type of thing for riders? Absolutely. I love yoga. I mean, I became a certified yoga instructor, not because it was, everyone's like, Oh, yoga and riding. It's a really logical connection. For me, I was like, I think yoga is silly, but my exposure to yoga was limited. I found a teacher who was like, lift through your xiphoid process, which is like the bottom, well, it's like the middle of your rib cage at the bottom. And at that point, I was hooked because I feel like I learned my anatomy so much better through yoga. Um, but that being said, the stretching, the flexibility work, and there are some really, really intense yoga classes out there. The biggest feature that if someone oh, it, looking it's not easy. Her, it is like a real yoga yeah. class. It's it'll kick your butt. Well, there's and there's all different levels of yoga. Like you can do a low flow, slow, easy vinyasa, or you can do like a really power, like hot. In, like their goal is to make you a puddle on the floor. For me, I have a really I like a combination of doing the strength training, which I do in the studio because. I don't like to exercise, fun fact. Um, right. And then the yoga, <laughs> I'm an exercise instructor who doesn't like to exercise. Imagine, yeah, yeah. I like to ride, but I hate to exercise. Um, yeah. But the, the, the yin yoga where you're doing these long static holds where you're targeting the fascia and the connective tissue, that is the kind of yoga that I really love. And it feel, I feel like it complements my riding and strength training better because when you're doing a really long static hold, you're working into the hyaluronic acid that's really going to increase your flexibility and improve the integrity of, you know, the connective tissue that supports your joints as well as the fascia that surrounds the muscle. Right. And so this is something separate to the strength training, isn't it? Does, do yeah. you do this afterwards or do we need to like come back for a different session at some stage? So I 
right now I'm only teaching yoga to like a few people as a personal practice as well. Like I do it as a volunteer basis. I think there are so many quality yoga teachers out there. Find one that you like that works for you, but it's, it is an addition. It's the strength training is all the exercise quote unquote you need in a week. The other stuff is support for wellness and health. You know, riders, when they get injured, right, which happens a lot, someone falls off a horse, like Joe, a horse goes over backwards on him, he breaks his, his pelvis. Um, you know, wh- how, you know, do you find that riders try to get back in the saddle too early before they're really ready? Absolutely. I mean, every time I get a call from a client that's like, hey, I fell off this weekend, should I come in tomorrow for my strength training? And I'm like, no, you should rest and recover. Like, rest and recovery is the hardest piece to encourage a rider to do. And you're not going to take your horse off of stall rest before you're supposed to, because you're treating your horse like the athlete and that you know and respect, but your body, especially when you're a professional rider, I mean, I understand the need to hustle and work. It's like, if I'm not training clients, I'm not getting paid. And I totally get that. At the same time, if you're, getting out there too soon, you can really do a lot more damage to your hips, to your back, to the joints, to the muscles, to the bone. Like bone is one of those things that it's all the rest and recovery piece is amazing because I saw this, it was a meme online and it was like bone, four letters and it requires four months. And then it was tendon is six letters and it requires yep. six months and ligaments. ligaments yep. Yeah. It's months. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really cool. I was like, that's brilliant. So it's, you know, you're not going to be able to take eight months off, but at the same time, be very aware of your patterns when you're going and you're working and you're moving that you're favoring that left side of your body make sure you rest as much as possible, the right side or science it evenly. You know, when you're sitting teaching lessons and, the day do yin or long static hold stretches that are beneficial to your body don't just sit there and a crumpled mess it's like when you're sitting on a horse's back and you see like you watch a clinic and someone's kind of like flat over not only rude to the clinician but it's also rude to your horse when you're sitting on your own body like a crumpled mess it is rude to your body Respect you mean, body slouched, you mean slouched over with your legs up in front of the panels of the saddle in yeah. that position. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Kind of know that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm, you're right. And unfortunately, some of us don't have the, the mental capacity to stop. And, and I can tell you that my ribs actually still get a little pang of pain. Um, and that was quite a while ago now um but yeah it would be it would be lovely to be able to to slow ourselves down but sometimes it's like just a little bit too hard um to to give ourselves that you know the full full rest that we actually need but yeah i I, yeah i i get it's got to be done um just not very good it's a balancing act it's like when you go too hard you know maybe instead of staying out that extra couple hours or see if instead of, you know, you need to unwind at the end of the day, but is there a way you can do that without screen time, get into bed a little bit earlier, try and get your eight hours of sleep. If there's a, like the biggest change for the rest and recovery piece is to increase 
sleep patterns and get them at normal times. So you're not going to bed at 10 and then waking up like 10, four days a week. Don't get 12 hours. Don't try and condense it. Try and get eight hours as consistently as possible around the same time. Yeah. I don't know if I could sleep till 10 o'clock in the morning. I don't think I've ever no, done that. No, <laughs> yeah. You used to be able I to sleep at one o'clock in the afternoon, but no, I can't. Yeah, no, I, can't I don't think possibly. I've ever been able to do that. It's just sort of freaky. I always get up. I'm a nap person. If I have to get up early and I haven't had much sleep, I like that much better. Napping is good. Meditating yeah. is also good. I'm not yeah. very good at doing it. I'd love to increase my meditation practice, but I know it's beneficial when I do do it. So I was waiting for you guys to call. I was sitting there like, breathe, Laura, breathe, practice your meditation. And I was like, nope, I'm just going to go crazy and answer emails. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But like, it's a discipline thing, isn't it? Like, you've just got to tell yourself to, to stop and to take a break and and to, yeah. But some, some of us find that quite hard to do. Um and, you know, I know for myself, it takes me, if I go on holiday, it takes me maybe two or three days to actually finally slow down. But once I'm there, it's not such a bad thing, you know, but it can take a, a little while. Now, tell us, tell us whereabouts in the country you are. I mean, do you travel um, seasonally or how, how does that work? One day I will. That's a wish. But right now right. I'm based out of Northern Virginia. We have two locations. One is in Leesburg. The other is in Reston. And the mobile gym covers pretty much all within a 50-mile radius of the Leesburg location. Um, and if anyone ever has any questions, they can always reach out to me. I try to write articles and I'm realizing that videos tend to get watched more. So create more video content so that people can find these exercises that they could do at home. One big thing, if you're doing a home exercise program, try and find a buddy to do it with because the biggest part is the accountability as well as making sure you're doing each exercise in perfect form. I wish you'd come down to Ocala because I've already got one client for you and um, it's not well, two actually count myself, but it's my wife because she. This is exactly the sort of stuff that she talks about doing, but it's hard to get her motivated to to come and do it and stuff. Um, you'd be actually, and this is the funny thing, you'd be surprised amongst the eventers down here. And um, it, there's a few people that do Orange Theory, and there's a few people that do CrossFit, um, just to name a couple, like the ones that you mentioned. And um, at, at Orange Theory early in the morning, it's you, you bump into almost there's like at least two or three professional eventers in almost every class. Um, and it's That's it's awesome. just yeah, and that and their friends and stuff. And I'm running into people all the time. Um, so it's it's become a much bigger thing than it ever used to be you know like it was sort of like just do yeah. your writing or whatever but now there's a lot of people taking it so much ser more seriously and I want to tell you a, a little bit uh, just a bit of my own experience which was when I was young and when you were saying you know like you bounce a bit easier and all the rest of it well you do bounce a bit easier you know but I from my own experience I didn't start actually getting really fit and really strong until it was into my mid thirties. Um, because mm -hmm. in my twenties, um, I could do everything and I was riding a 
you know, a lot of horses, but I was sort of naturally fit and, and, and I could, and I could cope and stuff. And I used to, I looked back at some old interviews and stuff when I was young and I'd be getting off the horse after a long format and I'd be blowing and things. And, and nowadays it doesn't really happen as much like that because once, once I started to actually finally get fit and get strong, um, it was a, it was a much, it was, it was a whole lot different. And I re- realized, oh my goodness, I, I really wasn't very fit back then. And, Years ago, we um, we did quite a lot of work with the physios and things in England, and and we were all they, there was a physio on site in a little little van or little booth or whatever, and um, um, and it's I asked and I was talking to them, and I sort of said, well, you know, how, what do you find between the different age groups? And they were like, well, it's it's the younger children that are they're not really strong. They're not, they haven't developed themselves in their back muscles and the core and things like that. And then as people get a little bit older, they've, they lose that natural strength and have to actually really work on it. And I mean, I don't know, tell me about that in your experience. No, I, I think you really hit the nail on the head with that one. I mean, I am a much more capable rider than I was when I was 16 now, because I know that I need to take care of my body. It has come through necessity that people start taking care of the body. It's, it, it is not intuitively like, Oh, I need to start taking care of myself. We tend to just, you know, think what we're doing is enough because we're doing a lot more than what our peers are doing. Um, especially, you know, when you're younger, you're like, you think you're strong and then you actually realize the difference between when you are focusing on your fitness and when you're not. And it's huge. And I think another big point that you made there is in England, this is something they've been doing for years. Like this isn't a new trend that's just starting. They have for years treated themselves like the athletes that they are. There's lots of programs that cater to the needs of equestrians and most of them are riders and understand the needs of the rider. And in the U.S., we're much more active than people, like especially with the adult amateur population, we're much more active than the people that we're sitting next to in desks and cubicles. But at the same time, are we doing a disservice to our horse by not taking care of our own body? Does that make sense? Yeah. It do- well, it does. And I think that, um, I think you're right, but it's like, you know, like you say, it's, it's a juggling act, isn't it? And where do you where do you find the time, and and how do you fit it all in? And people, especially for amateurs, they've got real life jobs, and it's sometimes driving a desk. Uh, at the end of the day, do you really feel like going and doing your fitness work and riding your horse? You know, so um, so what, what do you what do you say to those once a week? Yeah, so what do you say? Cause this is my question. Yeah, what do you I say think- to Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think it's our moral responsibility to our horses to be fit and strong. I mean, I think it's just, you know, it's not fair. We've all seen that that one adult amateur that is flopping on their horse's back and the horse is struggling to get its job done. And it's it's just not fair to them. If we're going to do this to them, we need to do it to them, you know, you know, for them. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on our show and talking to us about this, because we love having someone come on our show and talk to us about other things than riding and their horses winning and stuff like that. So I'm sure our listeners have um, gleaned a lot and things, but just before you go, I've got two questions for you. One is um, just wrap up a little bit at, at the end. I mean, like, 
you know, how do how what what's our next step? What do we go for? What do we do now to to get ourselves really going? Absolutely. So I would say add a weekly plank wall fix slow motion push up to your weekly exercise plan. What Say that again slowly. A weekly plank. 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 Yep. Wall sit. Wall sit push up. You know what a wall sit is, Joe? Nah, but I'm going to look it up. Uh, up. Yeah, because that's right. a play, being a hockey player, we did a lot of wall sits. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's good though. Is so awesome because it gets your oh, legs yeah. and your core going yeah. and really like when you're in that position really think about squeezing in your glutes because it's yeah. a really good like make it an active engaged wall sit don't just hang my, out there my wife like, just demonstrated it for me actually and she lasted 10 <laughs> seconds um, yeah, um okay how long does she need to do this for like five minutes work up to about 90 seconds i mean okay. 90 seconds in two minutes is good as long as you can do it is the best um but make sure you're doing it actively don't just hang out in a very passive plank really squeeze through your upper back your low um your core and like really think about pushing your heels behind you like push your heels away from your head okay it's an active engagement awesome awesome okay well i'm going to do all of those things anyway that sounds great and the other thing was um before you go tell us where we can find you um you've got those two places in uh, virginia but give us the websites and how people can get hold of you so informfitness.com slash equine you can read all about our equine programs as well as we have a facebook page inform fitness leesburg and reston and I have an Instagram, which is Laura Crump Anderson. Awesome. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, thank you so much for is, having me. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's just, it's really, really good stuff. So um, we will catch up with you again soon. Well, Max, it's uh, it's kind of like the necessary evil, isn't it? That fitness yep. training. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And as you, you know, get older, you really, it is true. It's like you get older, it's like, yeah, it's not as easy to, to get strong again, is it? I mean, it's the nature of the beast. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell this funny story about me in Pilates. Okay. So I used to go to Pilates ages ago. All right. And um, I really enjoyed it. It was fantastic. And um, it was just really good for flexibility and all that sort of stuff. And I, I used to, this is when I was sort of still commuting out of London a very, very long time ago. And I used to go to Pilates and I was the only boy in the class, Max, only boy. And I was there with all the young, yummy mummies and it was just me and them. And for some reason- <laughs> I haven't reason, heard that phrase in so long, sorry. <laughs> so anyway, it was just me and them. And I was the only boy in the class, but whoever the instructor was, and I don't know why this happened, Max, but whoever the instructor was, whether it was the male instructor, whether it was the female instructor, they always had to come and I felt like I was sort of being touched up, you know, like a, they would a little come and position me here and do that. I always got picked on. I don't know why. Perhaps I was just useless at Pilates, I think. Oh, that's not very nice. But anyway, I really, really enjoyed it and something I've really got to get back into. And I, I do do um, fitness work. And as I'm getting closer to 50, oh my God, I can't believe I've just said that. Um, it is becomes more and more important to actually do. Um, so, um, you know, and, and as we said in the interview, you know, like when I was really, really young, no problem. But when I actually got fit and strong, it made a huge, 
huge difference. Yeah, it so. does. It does. And then, you know, this, this is also how I figured I really like to eat and I really like to drink beer. And so if I work <laughs> out, then my clothes continue to fit me. That's, so that's sometimes my well, motivation. I well, love kinda, food. I love no, I know. food. I love that cheese. Is, I mean, like I when know. we were in France, that was like heaven to me. Cheese, yeah. baguette, pate, wine, French fries. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't get better than that. But yes, well, you need to work out so your clothes still fit. should have. You should have seen the the bag that I bought from the supermarché in Bromont. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's, um, it's full of it's full of everything and it's just awesome now i've got one little little small shameless plug that i've got to do before the end of the show that i forgot to do at the beginning and i'm going to say that um that wembley desert choice and harbin the horses of rebecca brown and um tammy smith were all sourced by me so, um, well, actually, my wife—I've got to give her—I've got to give her—I've got to give my wife credit for Harbin, but the other ones. And I, this—it's been so awesome to watch these horses go on, especially like Wembley when Kevin was riding him, and he's did so well, and Tammy's taken him over, and he's—you know—he's and he's gone back over there, he's gone so well. I remember Dasset Choice as a four-year-old, and I looked at him and looked at him and looked at him, and finally Rebecca said, "I, I need a new horse," and so I sent the videos to her, and she said, "I don't like any of these horses." And I said, well, I've got one more up my sleeve, but it's quite a bit over budget and just sent the, sent the video. And a week later, we were on a plane to go and, and, and see him. And that's kind of how that works. So it's just, cool. it's just really exciting to watch these horses come along and go through the grades, you know. Um, and, um, you know, like I said, it's a bit of a shameless plug, but I, I think I get a real kick out I of it. You, so I think wife. you've earned it. I, I think you've earned the shameless plug. <laughs> I got to say. Yeah, all right. it's all good. All right. Yeah. Well, we've probably got to – it's another big, long show again. Um, yes. So, Max, I think it's time you probably did the end bits. Yeah, we're going to wrap this up. So, everyone, thanks for listening to the Eventing Riders Association of North America podcast. You can learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com. You can find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. Follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for The Eventing Radio Show and on Twitter at Eventing Radio. You can listen to The Eventing Radio Show anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe by iTunes. This is Max, and you can find me on Facebook, Max Corcoran Horse Care. You can find me on Instagram at MM, uh, MMC338. I think that's what it is. Uh, and my blog that I haven't done in a while, but there's some things on there at Max Corcoran WordPress. And this is Joe, and you can find me at JoeMeyerEventing.com, on Facebook, Joe Meyer, on Instagram, Joe Meyer Eventing, and you can follow me on Twitter, Joe Meyer EVNTR. So thank you, listeners, and um, we will see you again. Uh, we'll talk to you again in a month's time. Bye, everyone.